Hello and welcome to Catholic Link, the Catholic podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams and I'm the new director for this podcast. And today I'm happy to welcome on the show Father Justin Rose, who is a Melkite priest at the Eparchy of Newton. Hi, Father. How are you? Hi, Father Rob. How are you doing? Oh, stay insane. It, uh, we've, we've really tried hard to get this interview set up, so I'm super happy. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple of weeks of bouncing back and forth, so that's true. One of the things that I was picked up as the director for was I have a connection with Eastern Christianity. I'm by ritual with the Melkite Church, but Father Justin actually is a Melkite priest. And so today I want to talk a little bit about Eastern Christianity and the Melkite Church as opposed mm-hmm. to just the right. Isn't that correct? Yeah, you know, a lot of times, <clears throat> what if, if people know anything about the the Christian East, um, they have this kind of sense that like it's the Melkite rite or the Ruthenian rite or the Ukrainian rite, and that's not really right. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not that's not the correct way to talk about the Eastern churches, right? So there are, I forget what the exact numbers. There are like twenty nine um, Eastern Catholic churches in mm-hmm. communion with the Roman Catholic Church. That is very ancient language, um, and it's very uh, and it was reaffirmed during the Second Vatican Council. Um, you know that that we are a we are churches in communion with each other, rather than us being in submission to Rome. That kind of you know kind of domination language. Um, you know, so yes, yeah, so we are. I belong to the Melkite Greek Catholic Church, and we follow the Byzantine Rite. So ah. church is who we are and right is what we do and what we believe, right? So the Byzantine right is practiced by us Melkites. We're the church of Antioch, um, but also by Ruthenians and Ukrainians um, who are who are both the Slavic Christians, Russian. We have Russian Catholics as well. Right. Um, small dispersed group of Russian Catholics in the world, Romanian Catholics, all of those um churches have an orthodox counterpart um and all of us the catholic and orthodox follow the same right the byzantine right yeah and one of the things i've learned from my limited you know experiences um a lot of people think that if they go into an orthodox church it's going to look like super non-catholic but really from my experience the only thing that looks different uh, in a catholic liturgy versus an orthodox liturgy is that we name the pope as catholics and they don't that's right that's right. No, it's exactly the same service. I mean, you know, we we are the structure of our church is the same because we're Byzantines. Mm. You know, um, just like you know, you go into any Roman Catholic church in the world, and you're going to see. I mean, there's lots and lots of different kinds of architecture and and all of that, but you're going to see the same basic elements. You're going to find, you know, an altar and a presidential chair and a tabernacle and a pulpit. You're going to find the um, and again, depending on when they were built and all of that, they might be in different places. But if any Byzantine church and all the different Catholic and Orthodox churches that I've mentioned, you will you will come in, you will find a narthex of some kind, so a, a space uh, before you enter the nave or the main part of the church. You'll find a holy place that is marked off by an icon screen. And again, sometimes that's a solid wall. Sometimes it's kind of standing icons. I mean, it really depends on on the church, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different ones of those. I've seen some very very minimalist where mm-hmm. you, and some and some real budget options like lattice mm-hmm. work that you have on your your back patio, you know. 
Yeah, a lot. Exactly. Well, you know, and a, a lot of our churches are very small. Mm. And so, I mean, I served a church, a mission church in Southern California for 20 years. And, you know, we never had any money that we could, you know, put into things. So we did the best we could. I mean, you know, we got donations for something and we would make, you know, make a nice icon screen and, and all of that. But, you know, we also had to do the best we could with the other things. So. Exactly. I, we do that. We do that when I serve the liturgy here. We have to build an icon screen out of mm-hmm. metal poles and uh, and drapery. And we have mm-hmm. easels from from Hobby Lobby. We put our icons up on, you know. it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it looks nice. Right. No, it's well, but the point is that it creates that sacred space. Mm. You know, it, it creates you know, um, when I've when I've done retreats and things for the, for youth and young adults, I've, I'm the former um, spiritual father for the um, Melkite Association of Young Adults, which was the national Melkite Young Adult Association. And so we would end up in college campuses and hotels and things like that for our for our retreats. And we would always create a chapel if we could. And you know, it was funny people walking around once we put the icons up, even if it was on chairs they stopped going through the holy doors because the, those have become the holy doors now. Right. You know, so they wouldn't walk in front of the table anymore because only the priest and deacon and bishop walk in front of the, of the altar in a Melkite church. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see how that sacred space is created. Um, but, uh, but no, so that's, you know, and there are, there are some of the Eastern Catholic and Orthodox churches that are not Byzantine. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the so-called Oriental Orthodox, who are like the Coptic Orthodox, Syriac Orthodox, um, Armenian, mm-hmm. uh, Ethiopia. Cal- Ethiopian, who are who are uh, an offshoot of the Coptic Church, and all of those churches have a Catholic and Orthodox counterpart. Mm-hmm. Most of the Catholic counterparts of those churches are fairly small. Um, and then, you know, you have even the Assyrian Church of the East, which is not really in communion with anybody, and their Catholic counterpart, which is the Chaldean Catholics, uh, who are, who are again, one of the Eastern Catholic churches. So it's is very rich. Hmm? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, was that was the uh, Chaldean Church? Is that the one with the uh, the right or the uh, the the anaphora of Adai and Mari? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think that I think they're the one, um, although they've just done a revision, which is a little troubling, but. Yeah, um, but but uh, yes, they they use that and um, uh, very beautiful, very ancient church. Uh, in fact, they're the the Assyrian Church of the East patriarch has been thinking about or, or kind of working on the possibility of communion with Rome. Oh, um, you know, so that they would all become the whole church would become Chaldean Catholic. Huh. Um, I, I think it stalled, but they but they had talked about it um, just because now they're I mean they're, they're traditional. Um, uh, seat of that patriarchate was Tessaphon, which is Iran and Iraq today. So it's really not all that you know right. conducive for them to be there and to try to practice Christianity. So I think he lives in Chicago now or Detroit. Okay. Um, so oh. so he's he's kind of thinking, ah, maybe I'll just you know we'll become Catholic fully and and we can keep our stuff and it'll work. Exactly. We yeah. can, we can with the Eastern churches. So well, and so. You know, one of the things we don't have a ton of time, but one of the things I know that a lot of uh, Eastern Christians in general, Catholics and Orthodox that I've talked to, um, one of the things they find really frustrating is sometimes as Roman Catholics, we approach the East and we think, oh, you have a funny mass, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so much more than just a funny mass with leavened bread and a lot of singing, right? Right. 
Yes, and we do. I mean, we Byzantines do use leavened bread, you know, so there's yeast in our bread. Um, and yeah, so there is that. But yeah, I mean, the problem is that there's so, you know, the folks don't always know a whole lot about us. And so it, it is a little bit difficult sometimes when, you know, because if all you know is, is you know, what you do in church, then, you know, you obviously don't have really a basis, you know, to be able to kind of understand what we're doing in church. And it's as ancient, if not more ancient, you know, and as rich and as, as you know, approved by everybody and all of that, sure. that, you know, that, you know, we, I've been told that, you know, uh, I mean, that we're not really, really the real thing. It's like, oh. yeah, we really are. <laughs> you know, we really Oh, gosh. Are. Well, and you know, what's funny to me is that um, the more that I, and I know that there's, there's obviously nuance to this, so I'm not like pontificating, but the thing I've seen a lot of is Eastern churches and the Roman church have both had to solve different problems in our history. That's and right. The things we believe and the things we do are responses to our, our growth, right? Like we grew up a certain way. And so we've, that's marked itself on who we are now. And so I think it's really interesting instead of jumping immediately to saying, well, I like this or I don't like this, or I'm into this, I'm not into this. Maybe step right. back and realize there's a lot more underneath that iceberg than, than we see just on the outside. Well, and that's the problem is, you know, your local parish, if you go to, you know, if you happen to go to a, um, a, a Ruthenian or Ukrainian or Melkite Catholic parish, you're not, I mean, you know, you're not going to see all that under the iceberg. You're just going to see the tip, you know, you're going to have that encounter. Um, one of the things I will say is that, um, you know, where the West in the last thousand years has, or, you know, five, six hundred years has had been relative freedom, almost all of the Eastern churches um, for a period of that time were under either Ottoman control, Ottoman Turkish control, right? So that's the Melkite Church, the Church of Alexandria, and all of those, or the Soviet Union, right? So the Slavic right. Christians, Orthodox and Catholic, were not, you know, they were they were suppressed because of the atheist communism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, one of the reasons why we're so small today and why people don't know a whole lot about us is because we haven't been allowed to evangelize for hundreds of years. And so our churches, Catholic and Orthodox, I mean, the Orthodox churches are doing a lot of work right now on evangelization, mm -hmm. are starting to rediscover that those roots of, of being able to share our faith freely um, and not suffer for it. Exactly. And, you know, it's I'll, I'll say this that we can we can wrap up. But, you know, you're right, because I remember in seminary, somebody once said that the Eastern churches had failed at evangelization. And I remember scratching my head and thinking like they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to. Have, they were supposed to disappear. That's what that's what all the regimes they were under wanted. And that's so it's right. really a miracle. They're still here. When when the Soviet Union fell, the Russian Orthodox Church had tens of thousands of baptisms like they did ba like baptism ceremonies with tens of thousands of people um you know because grandma kept the faith alive mm -hmm. right they all had to they all had to toe the line with as far as the state doctrine or whatever but underneath grandma was teaching them the faith and so when when it was possible for them once again um it, you know tens of thousands of people were baptized all at once Right. And didn't they didn't they rebuild the Cathedral of Christ the Savior like within a few years of the the collapse of the the Soviet Union? Sure. Well, the church the church came, you know, sprung back to life and I realized that the you know, Russia has got some issues today. I mean, yeah. but but you know, you know, the the problem is or the the reality is that that faith is very much a part of you know, of 
the all of those Soviet countries, um, you know, the the former Yugoslavian country, um, and you know, and, and all the rest of the Soviet Union, they're they're all very strong in their Christian faith today. Right. Well, this is about all the time we have for our little introduction, but I think this has been really good. And I know there's a lot more about the East, so I hope that we can have a few more sessions. We can talk about some of the cool specifics about like things people want to know and why they matter. And I really like how Father Justin's good at showing like a much bigger perspective on how things work. So uh, I hope that you go check us out over on catholiclink.org. This has been the Catholic Link podcast, the Catholic podcast for busy Catholics. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you next time. Thank you.